0: with a word. It's a word you've likely heard before. The word is idiosyncrasy. Now, at the surface level, that, that word is simply used to, to describe someone's peculiar behavior or, or way of thinking. But when we dig deeper into that word and really into the roots of this word, what we gain is a greater understanding of this word. So the first part of that, that word idio is a Greek root. We see that Greek root at work in words like idiom and idiot. No, it's not okay to go home and call someone an idiot today. All right. But, but that, that word idio or that Greek root idio, it, it simply means of a particular person. So the second part of that word, syncrasy, comes from the Greek root word synchrasis, which means... A blending. So as these two roots come together, what we get is is really a, a blending of one's personal characteristics. And, and it's as these personal correct, uh, characteristics are blended together that it may cause someone to, to seem somewhat peculiar in in who they are or how they live. So we're in a series right now titled who we are. And as we're walking through this series, we're we're walking through the different facets of our mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. We are a community church with a kingdom mission. We are a community of believers in the community of Stockdale, and we are being guided by a mission springing forth from God's kingdom. So, if you're here today and you would say you are a believer, you would say that Jesus Christ is my Lord, what you're also saying is that Jesus Christ is my king, that you have made that decision to live in submission to his kingship. And so in living in submission to his kingship, you become a part of God's kingdom. And so as a church body, what, what we are saying is that we are a community of believers living in submission to the kingship of Jesus Christ. He is our king. And so it only makes sense that our mission would come from God's kingdom, that it would be rooted in in God's kingdom, that it would be a kingdom mission, not not the kingdom of First Baptist Stockdale, but, but the kingdom of God. And it's this kingdom mission that moves us forward in one direction together. And so let me just remind you once again of this overarching truth that I'm giving you every week. As a church, it is Christ who unites us, and it is a mission rooted and grounded not in our own ideologies, but in his word and in his kingdom that moves us forward in one direction together. And the kingdom mission that this church body, that First Baptist Church Stockdale has adopted from God's word is to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. This is the mission that is guiding us. And so as we think about our mission statement, as we think about who we are as believers, but also as we think about who we are as a church body, then then let me say, if these attributes, if If to love, to grow, to serve, to go, if these become a a blending of characteristics in our own personal lives, then we are going to begin looking different to this world. We are going to begin looking peculiar to this world. Listen, you cannot love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength and continue to look like the rest of the world. It just won't happen. And you cannot begin growing in God's word and continue to look like the rest of the world. It just won't happen. Because as we submit our our lives to the kingship of Jesus Christ and as we grow in his word, it changes us. And we begin to look different because we we become different. And so as your pastor, my desire is that when you go out into this world, when you leave this building, my desire is not that you would go out and simply fit in in this world. My desire is that you would go out and you would stand out in this world, that that as you are living a life rooted in God's word, as you are living on mission for God in this world... That, that you wouldn't fit in, but that you would begin looking peculiar to those in this world that have not yet experienced what you have experienced in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this is why we are walking through our mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. So that we can be reminded, one, of who we are called to be as believers, but also so we can be reminded of who we are called to be as a church body. And that that we wouldn't just fit in, but that we would look peculiar for Jesus. And so today we're going to continue our our series and we're going to wrap up this second part of our mission statement to grow. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 11 through 14 today. Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. Now as you're turning there, let me say the book of Hebrews does not tell us who the author is. But it does tell us who makes the coffee. He does. He brews it, right? All right, that's my one lame... Yeah, some of y'all just got that, right? (laughs) My one lame dad joke for the year. And it's only February, so don't hold me to that. But even though we don't know who the author of Hebrews is, we do know that, that the book of Hebrews just gives us a wealth of truth. And if I could summarize what Hebrews is about in one line, it wouldn't be that coffee is better. It would be that Jesus is better. This is what the book of Hebrews is is about, that Jesus is better, that Jesus is better than religion, that Jesus is better than rituals, Jesus is better than the church you attend, Jesus is better than the sin in your life. Anything that this world might offer you, Jesus is better better so let me pause right here and just ask a simple question do you know that jesus is better do you know that jesus is better and if you if you would say yes i do know that jesus is better then let me offer a a follow-up question are you living like you know that jesus is better when you're outside of these walls are you living like you know That Jesus is better one of my favorite songs if not my favorite song is that song I'd rather have Jesus it was it was originally a poem written by a woman by the name of Rhea F Miller it was written 100 years ago back in 1922 and one day that poem was sitting on the piano at a woman's house and her son came over to her house and she asked him would you just read that poem man's name was George Beverly Shea. You may have heard of him. And so George Beverly Shea, he sat down at the piano and he said, As I read that poem, I couldn't help but begin singing those words. And that's how the, poem, or that's how the song, I'd Rather Have Jesus, came about. So let me just share some of these words with you today. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Jesus is better. The world offers a lot of things it may offer us power it may offer us fame it may offer us popularity it may even offer us a lot of money or stuff but in the end jesus truly is better than it all and this is the message of the book of hebrews that jesus is Better And because Jesus is better, then there is a natural call for us, one, to know that Jesus is better, but also for us to live like we know that Jesus is better. That, that as we go through this life, knowing that Jesus is better than everything else, that it would impact our life. It would impact how we live. And, and that's my desire as your pastor that that we as a church would live like we know that jesus is better that it would be evident in our lives inside of these walls and outside of these walls that we know that jesus truly is better and this is what i believe i believe that that when we know that jesus is better if we truly believe that jesus is better then our desire won't just be to enter into a relationship with jesus but our desire will be to grow in this relationship with jesus if we know that jesus is better then we're going to have a desire to grow in our walk with jesus so this year 2022 marks 20 years for when i met sarah i met her back in 2002 and so prior to meeting sarah i had dated different girls i had been interested in different girls but when i met sarah and i realized that she was better than the rest i laid everything else down so that i could begin pursuing a relationship with her but i didn't just want to pursue a relationship with her i wanted to pursue a growing relationship with her And let me just tell you that that growing relationship didn't stop whenever we got married. No, we still are pursuing a growing relationship with one another today. Hopefully that will get me some bonus points before Valentine's Day tomorrow. (laughs) She'll watch it back later. (laughs) And so because Jesus is better, because we know that he is better then our desire should be to, to pursue a growing relationship with Jesus. Understand, our, our relationship with Jesus doesn't end out at salvation. Our, our relationship with Jesus begins at salvation, and it keeps on growing throughout the course of our lives until we're able to meet him face-to-face and have that perfect relationship with him in heaven. Now, in this passage that we're about to read in the book of Hebrews, what we're going to see is that the issue that is being addressed in this passage is that the believers are not growing in their relationship. They're not growing in their walks with the Lord. They're not growing in their faith. They're not growing spiritually. And so this this is going to be addressed. Salvation has occurred, but spiritual growth has yet to occur. So let's read. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Says, we have a great deal to say about this, and it's difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. For those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. So as we begin, I want to highlight those words in, in, verse, four, or in verse 11. It says, we have a great deal to say about this. And it's difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. So these words are really a rebuke given to the believers here in the book of Hebrews. It's a rebuke because they have not been growing spiritually. And the rebuke is specifically referencing the words in the passage right before this little chunk right here. What they say in the passage just before this is that Jesus is the great high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And, and what they want to do is they want to expound on this. They want to go deeper into this truth, but they say, we can't go deeper. We are unable to go deeper. It's not that the message is too complicated, but that the individuals have not been growing in God's word. They have not been growing spiritually. And so they can't go any deeper because they haven't moved beyond the basics Of the gospel and specifically what what we're told is that they have become too lazy to understand other translations say that they have become dull of hearing but but really laziness is a a good translation because because they have been too lazy to study god's word too lazy to grow in their walks with christ too lazy to move beyond The basics of the gospel. They're too lazy to be growing spiritually. Now understand the basics of the gospel is important for us to both know and teach. The gospel is a powerful thing. We are talking about the power of the gospel on Wednesday nights with our youth ministry right now. As we're walking through the book of Romans. The gospel truly is a powerful thing. Because when we look at the gospel, first we we learn that we have all sinned, every single one of us, whether we're talking about inside of this room or outside of this room, every single person in this world has sinned. And because God is so perfect, and because we are imperfect, there is this separation between mankind and God. But not only that, our sin has great consequence. Scripture tells us, for the wages of sin is death. And so there is is this separation but also this great consequence required because of our sin. Now all of this up until this point is bad news. But the good news is, is that God in his great love for us sent Jesus Christ into this world to go to the cross to die on the cross for your sins and mine. When he hung on that cross, he bore the weight of our sins upon himself. He died, he was buried, and on the third day... He rose again, walking out of that tomb victorious. And in him, we can have new life. We can have eternal life. We can have a transformed life. In him, we get to experience the power of the gospel. The gospel truly is a powerful thing. And so if you have never experienced the power of the gospel, you can experience the power of the gospel in your own life By confessing that Jesus is Lord and by believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You can have that power in your life to transform your life, to transform the way you think, to transform the way you live. The gospel transforms us because the gospel is a powerful thing. But if you have given your life to Christ, if you have experienced the power of the gospel in your life then I would urge you today, don't be lazy in your walks with Christ. Don't be lazy in, in your faithfulness to study God's word. Don't be lazy when it comes to growing spiritually. And so here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, when we say that we are going to grow, what we are saying is that as we have given our lives to Christ, as we have experienced the power of the gospel in our lives, We are saying we are not going to be lazy. Rather, we are going to grow spiritually. We are going to turn to God's word that it might impact our lives, that we might be able to grow in our walks with Christ. And so we don't want to be lazy. And so if we are going to grow spiritually as we are called to do, then there are three things that I want you to walk away with from this passage regarding spiritual growth first spiritual growth leads to discipleship spiritual growth leads to discipleship let's read verse 12 again it says although by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you the basic principles of god's revelation again spiritual growth leads to discipleship now we need to understand that, that one of the primary calls given to the church is to make disciples. We are called to make disciples of all people. But realize, discipleship is more than just simply getting someone to say a prayer. Discipleship is more than having someone walk down the aisle or, or even taking that plunge of baptism. All of the, those things are great things. But all of those things are starting points in our walk with Christ. Those things are not the finish line. Those things are the starting line for us. And so as we look to Matthew chapter 28, where, where Jesus gives this call to make disciples, what we discover is that discipleship discipleship doesn't, doesn't end with salvation. Discipleship begins with salvation, and discipleship continues with teaching let me say that again discipleship begins with salvation but it continues with teaching Matthew 28 19 through 20 says this go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you so yes, making disciples, part of that is seeing people come to repentance. Part of that is seeing people begin their walks with Christ, coming to salvation. But discipleship continues on past that starting point of salvation. As we begin to teach new believers the, truth, the truths of God's word, as, as we begin to teach new believers what it means to follow Christ, as we begin to teach new believers the deeper truths, of God's word so that they might grow in their new walks with Christ. But here's the reality we can't teach someone to do something that we ourselves have not learned. We cannot teach someone to do something that we ourselves have not learned. So when I was in high school, I did really well in algebra. I don't want to brag, but, but I, I did really well in algebra. So I had just a really good algebra teacher. He made learning algebra very attainable. And, and so because of that, I was able to get 100 or higher on almost all the tests. All right? The other students hated me. But, but I was able to do really well in algebra. But my freshman year in high school, I struggled in Geometry. And specifically in geometry, I struggled when it came time to do proofs. How many of you in here remember proofs in geometry? Proofs were the worst. Amen. Right? Amen. That's right. Proofs were the worst. And so, so while I did really well in, geomet- or while I did really well in algebra, I did not do as well in geometry. There were just some things in geometry that I was unable to learn. Proofs specifically. And so one day, there was a family in our church. I was a senior in high school. There was a family in our church, and, and a lady in our church asked me if, if I would tutor their daughter in math. Well, I knew I had done really well in algebra, so I thought, yeah, I can tutor your daughter in math. And so I showed up to her house, getting ready to, to teach her everything that I knew and all of my great wisdom, And she pulled out her geometry book (laughs) and she specifically turned to the chapter on proofs and I realized I cannot teach you because we cannot teach someone something that we ourselves have not learned and so if we are going to fulfill our call both as individuals, but also as a church body to make disciples, then we ourselves must be willing to do what it takes for us to grow spiritually. We ourselves must be willing to be faithful in studying God's word so that we can have spiritual growth in our own lives. And so we must be willing to study God's word and to grow in God's word that we might learn god's word we must be willing to study god's word and to grow in god's word that we might learn god's word because when we learn god's word then guess what then we can begin teaching god's word and when we're able to teach god's word then and only then are we truly able to make disciples as god has called us to do so spiritual growth begins with discipleship so let me just pause right here and ask What steps are you taking in your life to study God's word that you might learn God's word so that you might grow spiritually? What steps are are you taking today? And let me remind you, here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, every Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m., we have what we call growth groups. And this is a, a newer name that we have given to these groups Because it's our desire that in these groups, when we come together to study God's word, that not only are we gonna grow in relationships with one another, but specifically, we are going to grow in our relationship with Christ. We are going to grow in God's word. We're gonna grow spiritually. Now understand, I absolutely do not believe that that this one hour a week is your only time to grow in God's word. In fact, my desire is that you are Looking at God's word each and every day of the week. That you're pulling out God's word. That you're opening up God's word at home. That you are pouring God's word into your life. So that you are growing spiritually. But this one hour a week is a time for us to come together in these growth groups. To to intentionally pause together to look at God's word. And so if you're not currently plugged into a growth group. Then let me encourage you get plugged in. We have different growth groups available. And my desire is that in the coming days, we're going to be starting more growth groups so that all of us can be connected, growing together in God's word. But let me also say this. Some of you have been growing in God's word for years. And it's time to take that next step to be a teacher. It's time for you to take that next step. And maybe it's a step of faith for you. To take that step to say, it's time for me to begin teaching God's word, maybe even to lead a growth group so that we can teach and equip leaders for this next generation. Listen, if we only have a, a few teachers, at some point these teachers get older and at some point these teachers move on to glory, right? Nothing wrong with that. But if we don't train and equip, Younger teachers, then we have no teachers for the future. This is what discipleship is, teaching new teachers, teaching new leaders as people have grown in their walks with Christ that we might continue to reproduce disciples. So spiritual growth leads to discipleship. Second, spiritual growth produces a desire for deeper truth, Spiritual growth produces a desire for deeper truth. Let's read the, the last part of verse 12 through the first part of verse 14. It says, you need milk, not solid food. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with a message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. Spiritual growth produces a desire for deeper truth. So the author of Hebrews uses this image to illustrate his point. It's this image of a child, a baby, that is still drinking out of a bottle, unable to eat solid food. So both of my children, just like other children, they started out by drinking milk. And I had the opportunity to feed both of my kids with bottles. And and while it was special with both of my children, I will never forget Ethan's response whenever he would drink that milk. So I would give him the bottle, and he would just start chugging that bottle down. And then he would go into what I can only describe as a milk coma. (laughs) So his his eyes would close, his mouth would just kind of hang open, maybe a little bit of milk dripping out of his mouth, a slight smile on his face. He just kind of go into this milk coma completely satisfied, completely filled. And, and maybe you have that, that memory as well with your own children. But while milk satisfied him for a period of time, as he grew, milk no longer began to satisfy him. He began to want more. He began to want. What was next? He began to want to try other foods. And, and so, before we knew it, every time we, we went out to eat, he was ordering cheeseburgers. I've never been so proud. <laughs> so, we have this very natural illustration. As we grow physically in this life, milk no longer satisfies. As we grow physically, we begin to want more, we begin to want what's next. And so, as we think about spiritual growth, we start out with the basics of the gospel. The gospel is, the powerful, is a powerful thing. And for the new believer, the gospel should be extremely satisfying as they learn and experience something that they have never experienced in anything that this world has ever offered them. The gospel should be such a satisfying thing. But as we grow in God's word, as we grow spiritually, it's not that we lay down the gospel. But but as we grow, then we should begin to desire deeper truth. We should begin to desire more than just the basics of the gospel. Using the example from our passage, understanding that Jesus is our great high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Being able to understand some deeper truths in Scripture because we are looking at God's Word and understanding God's Word. And so we're able to, to learn and grow in some of these deeper truths in God's Word. So let me pause right here and say this. If you are a new believer, then it's okay for you to be satisfied and for you to continue to learn the basics of the gospel. If you're a new believer, that would be my encouragement to you. Continue learning some of those basics of the gospel, falling in love with the power of the gospel that has transformed your life. But if you're a longtime believer and you would say that you have not moved beyond the basics of the gospel, then I say this in in the gentlest and most loving way possible it's time to put down the bottle. It's time to put down the bottle of milk, and it's time to begin growing in God's Word, growing spiritually, that you might begin understanding and learning even deeper truths in Scripture. The basics may satisfy for a period of time, but as we grow, then our appetite grows too. As we grow, we want more. We want what's next. And so as we grow as believers, as we grow here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, then we want to dig into those deeper truths that we might continue growing in our walks with Christ. So spiritual growth leads to discipleship, and spiritual growth produces a desire for deeper truth. Finally this morning, spiritual growth develops discernment. Spiritual growth develops discernment. Let's read verse 14 again. It says, but solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Spiritual growth develops discernment. Now, that that word discernment really just means being able to judge things well. And so in the context of Scripture, when, when we see that word discernment, it's saying that we're being able to judge right from wrong truth from lies, and good from evil. And this is why spiritual growth is important in our lives. This is why we need to be turning to God's word as our standard for our lives and for our spiritual growth. Because in this world, there is plenty of evil. In this world, there are plenty of lies. And the enemy's desire is that you would first believe these lies... But also that you would live out these lies in your own life. That you would go along with these lies. One of the the most common lies at work in our world today, just as an example, is the lie that we should just follow our hearts. That if you will just follow your heart, you will not go wrong. Follow your heart, you will not be led astray. But listen, that is not what God's word tells us. And so if God's word is our standard and we go to God's word, then we learn the truth. In Jeremiah 17, 9, we read, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? You see, the enemy wants us to believe this lie that we should just follow our hearts because the truth is is that our hearts will lead us astray. The enemy wants us to believe that we should just follow our hearts because the truth is is that our heart does not always lead us in the right direction. Our heart does not always lead us to walk in obedience to God. But you see, as as we hear just follow your heart on TV and wherever else, as it's just being pumped into our, our culture if we don't know the truth of God's word, then we're going to begin taking that as truth. And so we have to be growing spiritually. God's word has to be the standard for our lives so that we can discern good from evil, so that we can discern right from wrong, so that we can discern truth from lies. But we will not be able to discern these things apart from spiritual growth, apart from growing in our walks with with Christ apart from growing in God's word and so understand here at First Baptist Stockdale as we get ready to wrap things up here at First Baptist Stockdale God's word is going to continue to be our standard and we are going to continue to turn to God's word with the desire to grow spiritually because this is who we are now if you're here today and you would say you've never given your life to Christ, then understand, before you can grow spiritually, first you have to respond to the gospel. First you have to respond to God's word. And so if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life today, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this will be your opportunity to respond this morning. And if you're here today and you would say you have never responded to the gospel, you have never allowed the power of the gospel to transform your life, but today you heard not only that you have sinned, but that Jesus came into this world to die for your sins, and that he rose again three days later, and that he is victorious in this world and over the grave, and and today you're ready to turn from your sins and allow for him to be your Lord, if that's you, then I would encourage you as we sing this song, step out of your seat, come join me down here. Let's make that decision today, allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you've given your life to Christ, but, but if you're honest with yourself, you just haven't been growing spiritually. Maybe you have been, haven't been faithful in turning to God's word. Maybe in the words of, of the author of Hebrews, you have become lazy to understand. But today, you don't want to be lazy any longer. Today, you want to get that right with the Lord. Listen, you can deal with God right where you're at. You can confess that to the Lord right where you're at. And he can, he can be at work in your life right there. But if you need someone to pray with you then I would invite you to respond and I'd be happy to pray with you this morning. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you've given your life to Christ, but you haven't taken that step that Branson took this morning. You've never made your faith in Christ public through baptism. And you're ready to take that step today. You say, yes, I've given my life to the Lord, but I'm ready to make it public. If you've never given, if you've never taken that step of baptism by immersion, then I would invite you to respond today. Let's talk, let's pray, let's make that commitment together today. And maybe you're here and you would say, you have given your life to Christ. You have taken that step of baptism by immersion. And you've been visiting First Baptist Stockdale and you know that God's calling you to make this your church home. As we've looked at God's word, as we've talked about who we are as a church body, you know that God's calling you to connect your life with the mission and purpose of First Baptist Church Stockdale. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk, let's pray. Today, you can become a member here at First Baptist Church. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments as we sing this song, I would encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now, and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.